Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So, Mr. Davis, let's do ourselves a big old help in a tech gumbo here today. Sounds good to me. Start off with some news and updates. And 50 years ago this past week, on April 3rd of 1973, Martin Cooper made the first actual cell phone call. This is pretty cool. He was standing on a sidewalk in Manhattan with the device that was the size of a brick, and he made the call to uh, someone he'd been competing with. So the first ever cell phone call was him dunking on a rival, and you gotta love that. Trash talking. I mean, I'm calling you on a cell phone. A real cell phone is what he told this guy. And I mean, just in your face we beat you to the punch and man that's that's just funny i love that yeah it was uh he was working at motorola and the call was to the head of bell labs and so both motorola and bell labs are still significant players in this space it's interesting to see how far back this rivalry goes oh this is the type of thing where these guys could have known each other in college kind of thing and may have worked with each other at companies together and then went separate ways and just kept us the good old rivalry going kind of thing i i love this i'm just i think it's great hey we beat you to the punch because i'm using this phone now oh yeah because the cooper at the time when he made the call would have been like mid 40s so my guess is the industry back then was very small and i would totally believe they'd known each other for a, a decade 15 years and so, yeah, that's that's got to be one of his favorite moments to pick up the phone and, and dunk on his rival like that. So the next story we'll talk about, speaking of cell phones, apparently people are less interested in smartphones and going towards the dumb phone. We see this trend specifically among Gen Z. The younger kids, we are sit here and talk about all the dangers of screen time and all the problems with social media and just everything that comes with that whole world. And so a growing trend of people is saying, you know what? Fine. 
we just won't have a smartphone. It will only make phone calls and maybe do some T9 texting. And I respect it. In the U.S., the flip phone sales were dramatically up just in the year 2022. And across the country, the Middle East, Africa, India, an 80% rise in the number of non-smartphones were being sold as people were going back to dumb phones or the minimalist phones. They prefer the phrase a more intentional phone. They don't like to say it's inherently anti-technology. They're just being more conscious and choosing more specifically how and when to use such aspects of technology such that they're sure that it's adding to their quality of life and not just adding bells and whistles for the sake of adding bells and whistles. The whole idea of not using your your phone to hop on social media, to, to live inside of Snapchat and Instagram and all the other apps that a lot of people do. They're just having the phone so they can make a phone call. And I guess they're going back to their computers when they're actually wanting to get onto those social media platforms. Yeah, I mean, I think you're using it for the expressly to connect. I am sending someone a text. I am calling them. But otherwise, just sitting there browsing Twitter for 30 minutes at a time. Does that really make my day better? How do you deal with all of the apps, the banking apps and the, well, you've got to use your smartphone to get into the hotel room apps and, and things like that on a phone that doesn't do those things anymore. Right now, there's few things that you can't still do the old-fashioned way, mostly just because people above the age of 50 still exist. I've been flying a lot recently, and it, it shocks me the number of people who print out their ticket and have to scan a, a physical piece of paper to get onto the airplane. I've had the app on my phone for years now, but, you know, you can check in at the front desk in a lot of places. You know, you can still go to a physical ATM to withdraw cash. You still have a physical card. And so if you wanted to, you can do most things in your life with the traditional technologies. But yeah, you you are being intentional about it. And I'm I would be curious to do it for like a week, maybe, just to see, because I don't know. Like, it's so much is buried in my phone that I don't even think about. It would be fascinating to have to explore that. I don't like to use a whole lot of things. I do. I check email and and certainly text messages on my phone. That's what I use my phone for for the most. I do have a whole bunch of other apps that occasionally I might. Oh, I need this app. I'm, I'm in Home Depot. I'm going to pull up the Home Depot app because I'm looking for where is this in the store? Okay, fine. That's great and that's easy. But then the app just goes dormant for four months. Meanwhile, I have Spotify because I'm listening to music while I'm moving around. I have video games that I play on my phone. I have YouTube that I'll watch on my phone. If I'm in somewhere and I hear a song, I'll pull out and Shazam. And so all those things where it's like, oh, this is interesting. And it's that that fast feedback and it's that novel feature which is kind of nice but do i really need it probably not oh but i, I need ways i like ways when i'm driving there are there are definitely some things where it is definitively a value add and i think ways is absolutely one of those things google maps and ways combined i, I use both of them differently and I, I would be hard pressed to give those up oh yeah me too so moving along 
Microsoft Teams has announced they're going to be doubling their speed and coming out with a new look towards the end of the year. So this is pretty cool. The Teams has been more or less as we know it since its launch. And so they are rolling out a pretty large upgrade here. They say that it's going to uh, be twice as fast and use 50% less memory. So this is a huge improvement to the actual mechanics of the app, how it's going to take up space on your computer, how you're going to interact with it. Plus, they're painting a nice skin over the top of it, so it's going to look more like a Windows 11 app. Just the fact that it's going to actually install and launch anywhere from two to three times faster, okay, I'm in right there. And then to consume that much less memory, I mean... Oh, wow, that, that's exciting because I use Teams a lot. Obviously, we're using Teams right now as we record this show. But all day long in my work life, I live inside of Teams. And for Microsoft to just come out and say, we, we know this has kind of been consuming and chewing up a whole lot of memory and maybe even slowing your computer down. We get it. We're going to fix it. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at the stats that Teams is chewing up on my computer right now. And cutting it in half would be a, a large increase for just being able to do other things at the same time. Looking at an Excel spreadsheet, looking at a large Word document. Anytime that you know, you're know you trying to do more than just talk, you're trying to be productive at the same time, this is really going to go a long way to making that better. You mean running that code that you're working on and and doing it over a Teams meeting might actually be something you could do going forward? Well, interestingly, so just as a bit of a background, I use Google Colab notebooks. And so Google Colab notebooks don't run on my local machine. They run on Google servers. And so while it does still use up some memory, it's not nearly as intensive as the if i was to be running that code on my local machine very good so speaking of google if you happen to use gmail and especially using gmail through your google chrome browser or the microsoft edge browser you might want to check what extensions you have on those browsers this is just a good idea for anyone anyway as part of doing the the prep for the show i went in and so you chrome colon forward slash forward slash extensions just to go look and see what extensions you have because i've been using chrome for five six seven years now somewhere in that time frame and there was some stuff that i definitely had installed back in 2017 and i was like oh i just don't use that anymore and i went ahead and deleted it and so that's just good good cybersecurity practices but especially in this case, there's an extension which you need to be on the lookout for. That's right. If you see the extensions that are Fast Viewer or anything from from Kamsucky, uh, that's those are kind of tip offs. But Fast Viewer, Fast Fire, and Fast Spy are definitely extensions that you want to get rid of. And I would say anything that you don't immediately recognize. Any extension that you look at and you say, ah, I don't know, I don't remember installing that, I couldn't tell you last time I used it, I'd say pull that as well. You know, these uh, extensions, one of them is named AF, and so these are, are part of how these tools will sit there and read your Gmail messages because they make their way into the background as a Chrome extension, and because they've set up to bend the rules, then they are have the ability to look at your all your uh, emails. And so it's just a good idea in general to go through and pull these out. 
Because once they they have access, they start not just reading your emails, but then they're they're watching what you're typing. Sometimes they can inject other things into your computer, key loggers and those types of things. And you're you're giving them access to your computer. So yes, go do some hygiene and clean it out. The next story we're looking at here is Ford is changing their focus with regard to their self-driving division. So back in the fall, Ford announced uh, in conjunction with Volkswagen that they are shutting down Argo.ai, and that was their whole self-driving branch. And so it was a couple months before they really announced their next play here, and their next play is moving towards something which they consider more achievable in the short term, and that is Latitude AI. They announced that they're they're hiring 550 people, most of which who used to work for Argo AI. And so they're bringing these folks back. That's a good thing. And they're going to try and work on technology, take over the the tedious, stressful, and unpleasant bumper-to-bumper traffic kind of things, the long stretches on highways. They want to give the, the safer ability when you're going down the road, not this is not something that's going to take you out of your driveway and park it at whatever your location is going. This is going straight down the highway kind of things. Yeah. So the idea here is that Argo, the idea here is that Argo.ai was much more aiming at level four, which is a very advanced version of a self-driving car wherever, you know, as you said, you get in the car and it backs itself out of the driveway and is in control all the way until your parking spot. There's just a lot, a lot of problems that need to be solved with that, especially for the passenger vehicle. And so they said, okay, well, because that's still a ways away, we're going to focus here more on level two and level three. And so level two is what you see in a lot of places. That's what Tesla has. And level three, there's one or two people who are just starting to roll this out right now. But yeah, as they mentioned in their press release, that's going to take over sometimes. And so it will be in control, you know, in those moments where people don't like driving because, you know, I do this for my research. And so whenever I tell people that I'm studying self-driving cars, a lot of times the feedback that I get is someone saying, oh, well, I kind of like driving. I kind of like my car. I don't know that I want to give all that up. But at the same time, they'll also say things like, oh, I hate driving in rush hour. I hate driving downtown. I hate certain moments of driving. And so that's what Ford's going after here is that if you can just step-by-step much more incrementally go after some of the larger pain points that might be easier to tackle, that's a much more winning formula. It's something which is doable much sooner and more likely to be profitable from a business model. So when you think about that that whole self-driving experience, you're on that long stretch of highway and you've been driving eight hours and all you want is just a little bit of a break from having to spend so much time focusing on the road. You just need a minute or two to kind of unnerve yourself. This is where this is really going to kick in and allow you to refresh for a second. And then if you want to take back over on that long stretch, okay, great. If not, just let it roll. And I think that that long journey down the freeway is exactly, you know, you don't even have to be in control for the first eight hours. If you're on I-10 headed west from Baton Rouge to Houston, and it's a straight line for four and a half hours, sure, let it do that. That's 
that is the point is that we're slowly handing off some of those tasks so that all of that mental load doesn't fall on you if you don't want it to. If there's certain parts whenever you're like, you know what, it's a beautiful day, it's bright and sunny, I'm going to roll the windows down, and I do want to have my foot on the accelerator, I do want to have my hands on the wheel, you can do that too. And I think this kind of hybrid model, while a couple of years ago it was looked down upon, I think we're going to start to see more when people move into this space simply because it's more possible, it's more achievable in the short term. I agree. I think the the whole concept of the completely autonomous vehicle, that level five, that level four, is going to be so far down the road, five, seven, eight, ten years kind of thing, wherever it's going to be. I know it's not next week. And whereas this, if you've got a vehicle now, you're going down the highway and it, it keeps you in your lane or won't let you run into that car in front of you. Well, you're already kind of there at level two. Those are, yeah, so those are level one features. You have the lane keep assist, wherever it nudges you back in, that adaptive cruise control that you mentioned. And one of the arguments for these types of features is that because they are already on the road in the traffic safety field of study, we know that simple features like that actually can make a huge difference in safety. A lot of crashes are run off the road crashes. And so if someone falls asleep at the wheel and they just kind of drift over off the off the side of the road and they try and overcorrect to come back on and they lose control, that's a very specific type of crash. And so if you just have something which doesn't let them leave the road and kind of beeps at them, then they, they wake back up. And so the person is then able to more safely exit that situation. You know, you can really see a large benefit that is pretty easy to achieve. And so... Then the question becomes, okay, if there's all these low-hanging fruits that we can make a real difference, save a lot of lives in the short term with this technology, it feels like we should be pursuing that. And these more advanced level four, level five technologies should take a bit of a backseat because there are so many features that are left to be solved in that technology. The last story we wanted to get to talks about the General Motors cyber chief, he's he's getting more and more nervous as these electric vehicles become more and more popular on the road. His concern here is about the charging infrastructure specifically, because charging infrastructure is oftentimes connected to a network, connected to the Internet. And th whenever you have this much valuable infrastructure in one place that's located out in the wild and isn't necessarily protected in the same ways that you'd protect a very fancy computer. It's just vulnerable for a cyber attack. It really is. The energy department did some research in the summer of 2022, and they found that hackers could use vulnerable security charging stations to skim the credit cards. And also they could even hijack the networks that are charging these devices. And then when you're, when you have that charge, plugged into your car it was grant it was giving them access to get into the network of the vehicle through those charging stations and that's what they're most concerned about because now if you can hack into that car and it, that car is connected to the internet as it's driving down the road there's a lot of nefarious things that can happen there because cars are, are more and more and more just computers on wheels and as we start to add more technology to them, we're going to add more places for people who want to do bad things to have a chance to take a swing at it. 
And it's going to take a very concerted, a very deliberate effort to make sure that we are thinking about all of this ahead of time, that we're prepared about all of this. And this is good that we have these people, you know, who are part of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency talking about these things ahead of time so that we are prepared for this while the technology is still new, that we can bake in all these safety features so that we're not worried five, ten years from now. We say, oh, we are protected from these things because of the steps that are being taken today. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.